guys, today in episode 72, we're talking to Leanne, a dermatology PA who I recently got to meet at the most recent SDPA conference. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Before we get started, I just wanted to quickly mention a sponsor of the podcast, My PA Resource. If you've never heard of My PA Resource, it's a website, www.mypa-resource.com. And while I offer services like mock interviews, um, I work with My PA Resource as a personal statement editor. So my PA resource has been around for a while now, and I would say just based on everything that's out there, they are the most trusted and most thorough pre-PA personal statement editing service. So with my PA resource, like I said, I'm an editor, so I help them edit, proofread personal statements for PA school applicants. Um, We'll talk more about personal statements in the future, but I cannot stress the importance of having your essay proofread by a PA. And that's what makes my PA resource different is that they only use PAs to do their editing. And so you want a PA who's familiar with the interview process and the application process before you submit to CASPA. So all of the editors, we've been trained, we do a lot of essays, and we know what to look for, and we know what the admissions committees are looking for. And so I know when I edit, it's very thorough. I mean, you're going to get a lot of red back, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So you can... Um, use actually a discount code that they have provided to the Pre-PA Club podcast listeners exclusively, and you can get $15 off any service when you use the code Pre-PA Club, all in lowercase. So I'll put that in the description as well. And if you have any questions about that, please feel free to reach out to me. They, you can send them an email too. But um, yeah, a great resource that I want you guys to know about. Well, hello. My name is Leanne McGill, and um, I'm a full-time practicing physician assistant in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The specialty I work in is dermatology, and I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. So I came to Chapel Hill as an out-of-state student to attend college at UNC, and then we ended up here again, which is wonderful. Go Heels. Um, I've been married for about a year and a half, and my husband um, built a home very close to where I work, and we have one dog. Cool. What kind of dog? My poodle. My favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been posting on Instagram. Yes. I, I love him. We adopted <laughs> him in March, and he's just the best. Oh, it's so cute. Um, okay, so you you kind of did a little differently than me because I basically stayed in Georgia for everything, um, and I'm still in Georgia. But tell me a little bit about kind of your journey to becoming a PA. What influenced your decision to become a PA and kind of got you to the point of applying and going to school? Absolutely. So um, in my high school, I was fortunate to attend a high school that had an international baccalaureate program. So it's a competitive program, and there was always a lot of talk about medical school among students, but there was kind of little conversation about allied health professions. And so I first learned about the kind of clinical role as a PA when I was um, volunteering at UNC Hospital my sophomore year of college. So my peers and other people I admire really endorsed the PA profession, Um, one of those people being my late mother-in-law. 
Um, so once I kind of found out more about it and decided I wanted to really, you know, go for it, I um, got a clinical internship at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. And so that was my first ever clinical experience working with a neurologist who specialized in ALS. Um, I worked with his research team, and at the end of the internship, he invited me to write a letter, which was actually published in the journal Neurology. So that was really cool um, clinical experience, but most of my hours actually came from working as a medical assistant in dermatology. That was also in my hometown after um, graduating from undergrad. I should mention that my undergraduate degree was in psychology, and I had a minor in chemistry as well as one in history. That was just fun for me. Okay, cool. Um, you know, I am so thankful that I worked as a medical assistant in dermatology because each of those doctors really taught me something. There were three doctors and one nurse practitioner. Um, so it's kind of interesting now that I'm practicing to see which habits I've adopted from each of them. And I still keep in touch with that practice. It's a great group. Um, I should mention that my undergraduate GPA was um, just over 3.4. And so I had to bolster that with, um, strong GRE scores and biology classes after graduating from undergrad. Okay, was that your overall GPA? That was my overall GPA. I actually okay. tried to get back in my files. I couldn't, I don't remember my science GPA, um, but it's in my acceptance letter to PA school. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I found mine the other day too. And it was, I was like, oh, I didn't even know I had this. Or, I don't remember getting this. Um, so going back and kind of thinking through everything, um, you said maybe your GPAs weren't the most impressive part of your application. Um, what do you think did make you stand out? So there are really a few things, one of which were my letters of recommendation. Um, my strongest letter was from then Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs, Winston Crisp. He was my professor at UNC my senior year of college in an advanced leadership seminar. And so I feel like in that small class environment, he really got to know me. And I was super thankful that he was um, comfortable writing me a strong letter of recommendation. I also had recommendations from the neurologist I worked with, Dr. Boylan, and the dermatologist I worked most closely with, Dr. Marty. So that was a huge positive. I do think, um, however small, my research letter was um, a contributing factor to my acceptance in PA school, and I did have strong GRE scores. Okay, yeah, you had. It sounds like you had a lot of variety to your experience, and kind of a lot to to pull from and contribute. Um, thinking back to the application process, <laughs> what did you find the most difficult part of it? Interview for sure. Um, you know, my first ever interview was kind of like a rotating interview with. I totaled it up 16 different people and I wasn't prepared, you know, for their questions and kind of like, I remember one of them asked me like, what color M&M would I be? I thought that was <laughs> like a strange interview question, but I just was overwhelmed and I wasn't ready for their questions. I wasn't ready to talk about myself. And so for my second interview, which was actually at Campbell where I went to school, um, I was much better prepared for kind of the expected questions. And once I was prepared, I just had to conquer my own nerves. So on the other side of that, as an interviewer for Campbell PA applicants, I kind of welcome the nerves. Um, and I seek to challenge students' nerves during interviews because 
this is kind of almost the least intimidating time, right? <laughs> like they're gonna be representing your school on rotations in front of preceptors. And when there's a patient involved, that's a much more serious situation. So I kind of welcome that aspect of interviewing now. <laughs> um, it's important to see how students behave, I think. Yeah, are you still helping out with Campbell's interviews? I did not um, cycle before last, and I hope to do some this cycle too. They start in July. Okay, cool. Yeah, I always loved helping with interviews, which is, I guess, why I do mock interviews. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it is fun. And I like you, like I kind of embrace the nerves. Like you're not going to get rid of them. I always tell people like, no matter how much you practice, you will still be nervous. Mm -hmm. um, usually less so the second time, but you will definitely still be nervous. Um, so wait, how many schools did you apply to and what were kind of your outcomes? I think I applied to six and I interviewed at three. Okay. And um, of that, I was really happy to go to Campbell because that matched my style of learning. I have two of my dearest friends who are actually in my wedding who went to Wake Forest PA school where um, they do a lot of problem-based learning. And so at Campbell, I had a lot of lecture and problem-based learning too, but you know, scenarios and simulations, but I really enjoy that kind of process of being taught. Mm -hmm. So that for me was um, the perfect fit. Yeah, we were, we were definitely more lecture-based too. I mean, we had small groups for things like physical exam, but as far as clin med and the, the big stuff, we were definitely mm -hmm. more lecture-based too. I think most, I feel like most programs are, but then some of them are moving more towards that, that problem-based learning. So it's interesting. Um, <laughs> so thinking back now to PA school, um, was there anything unique about Campbell that you feel like people should just know about? You know, the best thing about Campbell for me is the rural environment. Okay. Um, it's in Harnett County, North Carolina, which is a very small place. And the city that it's in, Buies Creek, North Carolina, is the university. You know, there's nothing else in that town besides the university. So there's neighboring towns, and it actually um, makes up what's called a micropolitan area of these, like, neighboring rural towns. So everyone in Harnett County is so happy you're there. Oh, you go to Campbell? You know, they want to hear about it. They want to get to know you. When we would do healthcare fairs with like blood pressure screenings, they're always, you know, so delighted to hear that we're going on. And so I just think the community outside the school is so unique. Also at UNC or any other, you know, big school, there's always something fun to do. And in Harnett County, options are more limited. And so it's perfect for graduate school because there's nothing to distract you from studying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that helps. Um, what did you find most difficult about PA school? Um, I thought about this a lot, and I would have to say that there are kind of two different arenas that were challenging for me during school. Um, you know, personally, I knew I wanted to get into dermatology, and since I knew that was a competitive specialty, I wanted to make myself as competitive as possible. And so for me, that meant getting the best grades possible. So everything revolved around studying. I um, planned this really strict schedule that I fiercely protected with these self-imposed, you know, hours each week that I had to be studying and I let everything else fall by the wayside. I only ate microwave dinners. I did not exercise. I mean, that was my life um, during didactic year. Things did get better during clinical year. Um, 
I started exercising, which was a huge, you know, positive in my life. Um, my school was actually an early adopter of those PAEA end of rotation exams. Mm -hmm. So those were very challenging at first. Um, but with each rotation, I got better. Um, I have to also say that there was kind of a professional challenge for me as well. And that was my age. And so I was the second youngest person in my program at the time. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, How many people were in your class? 44. Um, really? And you're the second uh, youngest? Mm -hmm. So, cause I, I turned 23 the first week of class. And okay. so I had about a year of experience outside of undergrad and there was somebody else who I think was just like a few days younger than I was. Um, and that youth was a very negative perception amongst my classmates. So I just tried to kind of conquer youth with book smarts and knowledge, you know, things that I could control. Um, and that did not go away on rotations. I'll mm -hmm. never forget when I was on my orthopedic rotation and I saw a patient, the patient was frustrated because there was like a lengthy wait time to see the provider that day. And they ended up leaving clinic yelling at the nurse. And they said, well, that little girl, meaning me, could have told us if we needed x-rays or not. Um, and so that was like kind of a low point that I just had to kind of get over. And again, I just kind of conquered those misconceptions with knowledge. Um, you know, like one preceptor told me that if I didn't gain weight, I was going to get osteoporosis. And I just said, you know, like, what can you respond to those <laughs> kind of comments? Um, okay. So that was, um, I think I'd say, do you want to buy me lunch? Yeah, seriously. That's a good answer. But <laughs> That perception was something that I kind of still have to overcome in my professional life now. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because I get the same thing. Uh, and it's so funny. I just feel like I, I don't address it necessarily, but sometimes I'll just have patients at the end of a visit and they just kind of look at me and they go, how old are you? <laughs> and I'd be like, you look really young. I'm like time yeah I would love to know how you're I'm always just like well I work in dermatology like that's what we I, do I, like, I do try to like oh thank you so much yeah. you know like my hobby is looking younger than I appear so I try to brush it off yeah but some people do ask me like how old I am and I just tell them yeah I do too and it's kind of kind of goes hand in hand with well how do you know that that spot's okay and so my mm -hmm. general response is I have to be good for something <laughs> uh, yeah that's what yeah um that's what, sometimes I'll ask them I'm like how old do you think I am like just to see uh, but I ran into the same thing on rotations and so I we had a lot of younger people in my class we had 44 as well but I would say there were at least 10 or 11 of us who were straight from undergrad so okay. Okay. Um, we all, we had a good amount of kind of younger people, but I, I'll never forget on one of my favorite rotations, um, it was my surgery rotation and I had an awesome preceptor who was just amazing. And we were in a different part of the hospital and somebody did say like, how old is that girl, that student with you? Um, she looks like she's like 18 and he, he just responded, yeah, she's advanced and like walked off. <laughs> I was like, that, was, that was great. Thank you. Um, but no, I get it. No, my husband what? gets it. It's terrible. 
He does. Yeah. You know, one time recently I was working with one of our um, more senior nurses in terms of healthcare experience and a patient asked me that and I, we were just like having a great time doing a skin check and I said, I'm actually 40 and it was just an immediate like bust out laughing. We all were laughing and it really kind of eased the tension. Oh man, situation. I'll have to try that one. That's a good one. My favorite also is when patients will be like, I'll do be doing a biopsy and they're like, have you done this before? And I'm like, no, this is actually the first time I've ever done it. And they're like, wait, wait, you're kidding. I'm like, no, of course I've done this. Um, but yeah, I like to, I like to kind of mess with my patients mm-hmm. a little bit, but they, they know that. So it's fine. Uh, but yeah, we definitely, me and my husband will get carded at R-rated movies. It's terrible. Wow. I... Um, yeah. I'm kind of glad that he gets it too. Yeah, you know, like, we both look young. So yes, yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I want to jump back to what you're talking about with your didactic year and how um you said you had a strict studying schedule, like not really doing anything, like exercising or eating microwave dinners. Like <laughs> that was me too. So I lived at home and like my parents would say, "Hey, we're going to get Mexican. You want to come?" And I'll say, no, I have to study. And then I would just be studying. And then at night, I would study in my bed. And I would read textbooks till I fell asleep. And I want to know your thoughts. Because to me, when I look back, I don't know that that was necessary. Like, I almost feel you need to eat. I mean, (laughs) to go get Mexican with my parents would have taken 30 minutes. It's not like it would be a two-hour dinner, you know? (laughs) And so... I, I eased up towards the end of didactic year a little bit and got a little bit more laid back, but I just didn't know if you kind of felt like maybe you could have, I, and, and I just, looking back at PA school, I never read a book for fun and I love reading. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that was a regret where I was like, I really, I don't know if I was taking care of myself the way I should have during PA school and of course it's fast and all that but I didn't know if you felt the same or what your advice would be I guess to current PA students who are feeling like I have to study every second of every single day um so I think that is a great question and something I had to tell myself and I tell myself this even now is I can do anything I want but I cannot do everything I want um and you know, I did graduate from PA school Pi Alpha, and so that to me was just like a huge accomplishment, especially after undergrad, that I really wanted. And so I don't think I would do anything differently, um, but I wonder if I could have utilized my breaks more to do things I enjoyed. Like, mm-hmm. I'll never forget when I, after my like first ever, we had a month off at Christmas after our first like three rotations and I sat on the couch and I think I watched 40 episodes of Big Bang Theory in like two days. <laughs> like that is not a healthy thing to do. So I think, you know, during clinical year, once I started exercising and I found like a community, I think my work-life balance got a little better, but I was still definitely a gunner when it came to grades. And that was not something my program permitted. That was a self-imposed, you know, self-expected obligation that I had to fulfill um and I don't know like would my classmates who did not do that did they are they work are they, is their life any different no it's not you right. know everyone got a job everyone passed the boards like so you know probably not, <laughs> not necessary but 
I, I am not like mad at it. Um, it is interesting though, in our profession, you know, we're trying to really take care of others and the training yeah. does not necessarily allow you to take care of yourself. And so that's just something very important for everyone to consider is to have a self-care plan when they're in a stressful program. Yeah, I, I did work out some, but it was only because I had two classmates who made me. They would be like, Savannah, we're going to the gym today. You're coming. They would be running while I was walking because I don't run. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, they would basically make me go, which I'm very thankful for. They're some of my best friends. But um, that was the only reason that I would go to the gym was just because they are like, you can, you can take 30 minutes to go to the gym. We're, mm-hmm. we're going. Um, and it was on campus, so it was really convenient and all that. Right. But, Right. Anyway, um, so you had a background in Durham. You knew, does that mean you like knew you wanted to do Durham? Did you consider anything else or what were your job prospects I'm like? I family medicine um, for six months prior to doing Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. So um, I always knew I wanted to do it and I kind of um, aligned my projects where I had some flexibility to choose the topic to a dermatology topic. Mm-hmm. Like my, we were required to do a grand rounds presentation at the end of our um, clinical year and mine was on erythema multiforme. Um, one of my starting lines was in news that will surprise no one, like this is gonna be a dermatology topic. Like everyone <laughs> was expecting that from me. And then I wrote my master's paper on treatment of actinic keratosis actually, precancerous skin changes. So. Cool. Um, I, I tried to align myself with that, and I did do two electives in dermatology when I was in school. Um, but the job market is tough, and mm-hmm. so I actually first met my supervisor when I was still a student in November 2015. We graduated in December 2015. Um, she is a nail expert, um, oh, and gosh. so she was teaching a lecture on nails at the Society for Dermatology PA conference that fall in Orlando and told our student leadership that she was hiring. And so, um, but her practice didn't open until September, 2016. And so I worked in family medicine and kind of interviewed with her throughout that time. Um, And then I joined her when we opened in September, 2016. Okay, cool. Yeah, so y'all get a lot of nails. Do you have to see a lot of nails? I love seeing nails, you know, training with her. um, You need to teach me about nails. (laughs) It's really fun to learn about nails and um, certainly like treating nail fungus, treating nail splitting, um, other kinds of, you know, like warts around nails are really hard to treat as you may have encountered. The one thing I would say that like I can definitely not see a patient for the first time is longitudinal melaninicchia when you have a dark streak in your nail. Like she Mm -hmm. definitely has to evaluate that. I can take a picture, I can help get things started, but that's just not something that in my wheelhouse. Gotcha. But it's fun. So as a new grad, um, did it take you, how long till you felt comfortable? I guess that's a better way to ask it. Um, it's a good question. My, for as a new grad, I had a three week ish training period with my first supervisor in family medicine. And thankfully I also had a light schedule. So I had time to make sure like, you know, I could kind of check behind myself. What was I doing? Was I doing something correctly? Like I remember I looked on up to date for like the dose of metronidazole for BB. And I was like, I know this, like this is something (laughs) drilled into my head, but like, let me still check. Yeah. 
Um, I still do that. <laughs> and so um, I think that going into family medicine, I felt prepared, especially because I was doing a lot of preventive care with a large organization. And so some of the preventive care things were also kind of built in their EMR. Like, did this person get their pneumonia shot? You know, they're due for their pap, like make sure you do it today. So that was really helpful. Um, and I, at that job, I also became an Epic super user. And so I think that was an asset for me going forward. And, and I still, you know, even now there's things I like have to look up or I'm not always sure and I need to do a biopsy, but um, certainly with more experience, I'm more comfortable. What's your favorite part of working in Derm? The thing I like best about my job is that I get to do a lot of medical and a lot of cosmetic. It's okay. really half and half. Um, so my schedule is so variable. You know, I can see skin checks, problem visits like acne, warts, um, Accutane, and then jump right to a laser or microneedling or Botox. Um, and so I think kind of the variety is what keeps me going. I also love the people that I work with. It's a really awesome all-female provider team um, and all-female office. You know, there's only 12 of us, so it's just really a great group. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, we're all female, too, and it, it is really fun. Um, so what advice – I'm going to switch this one up a little bit. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to someone who wants to get into derm? I get this question – you may get this question, too. I get this question so much, like almost once a day somebody's asking me about this. So what would your advice be? I went straight into derm, um, and for me, I mean, I feel like – it was easier because I'm in more of a suburban area than like a big city. And I don't know if that helped. Um, and I think it was just perfect timing type thing. But what, what would your advice be? Um, my advice would be, first of all, to don't give up because it, it may not happen right away. I'll never forget being at the SDPA in 2015 because, you was how many of you had another job before you started in dermatology and at least more than half of the people had a previous job so it doesn't have to be your first job um and it's actually really wonderful to have a baseline knowledge in internal medicine or family medicine because then if a patient is sick you know you know if they're not well i think it kind of gives you that basis to say does this patient need to go to the hospital and just to kind of develop those skills more um, for me, it was really about going to the SCPA conference. That is where I networked the most. Um, and there were a lot of PAs from North Carolina there. I also really recommend the Dermatology Elective if your school can get it for you. If your school can't get it for you and they let you try to find your own rotation, try to. Um, plastic surgery would be like another option. Mm -hmm. My preceptor for my first Dermatology Elective was so awesome. She advocated for me and every single drug rep, you know, that she knew, she would say, hey, she's looking to work in dermatology. Do you know anyone who's hiring? And the drug reps, you know, they always know. Yeah, they know. They know. <laughs> so she was just really a great advocate. But what it really boiled down to is me meeting my supervisor at a conference. And then, you know, I knew she interviewed several people, but I kind of kept in touch with her while I was working in family. Awesome. That's so good. Um, well, tell everyone where they can find you and follow along and see all your derm stuff. So locally, you can find me in Chapel Hill, North Carolina at the Dermatology and Laser Center or on Instagram at LermPADerm. That's L-R-M-P-A-Derm. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> this you. This was fun.